Preach you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank God for bringing us together this morning to hear his word, to sing songs of praise and honor to his name. Um, we have been going through a series, a topical series, uh, which is something that we hardly ever do. Um, we usually go through book by book, um, preaching expository, preach, uh, ex- expositorily through um, books of the Bible. But we have taken um, a detour just to do a topical series. And um, we have started last week um, looking at the topic of, I mean, that, that, that series titled God's growth plan for believers. And last week we looked at um, the Word of God, the Bible, as one of the means that God uses for our growth as believers. Um, Today we're going to look at um, the power of prayer. Uh, The power of prayer. So let me open up in the Word of Prayer and we'll continue. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we thank you. We thank you for this time that you have given us, O God. We pray that this time that we spend together in the Word will shape us. It will be a time when we are formed to be a people that please you, a people that honor you, a people that desire your Word as we've seen last week, and moreover, a people, Lord, that desire to communicate with you through prayer. Lord, we are cognizant of the fact that prayer is one of the most difficult discipline that we find um, ourselves challenged as Christians. We pray that as we spend time together today, you will speak to us and you will encourage us, exhort us to be a people that are prayerful. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. The power of prayers. As I said last week, we uh, began a new series on how to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. It's called God's Growth Plan for Believers. God has given us certain means or, or ways that we are transformed into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ, from one degree of glory to the next. That They include, as I said, the Bible, prayer, pastors, fellowship, the ordinances, and habits. And so we'll see this in the coming weeks. As I said, that next week we'll take more of a break from from this series. Now, last week we spoke about the Bible and and learned that the Word does the work. And it does the work because it's powerful, right? As we hear the word preached, as we read the Bible, memorize it, meditate on it, sing it, and pray it, God uses his word to do his work in our lives, to transform us into the image of his son. And that is our goal, right? To be disciples of Jesus Christ um, who glorify God. This morning we are going to cover prayer. We're going to learn that prayer is powerful. As we respond to to God's word in prayer, God uses our prayer to get his work done in our lives as individuals in the church and in the world. What I want to do with our time this morning is to make a case 
from the Bible that prayer is powerful. Then I want to give one, of the, one, one practical way we can engage in prayer. And by this, I'm not intending to be exhaustive. I'm not intending to be exhaustive from one single sermon. There's so much that can be said about prayer. And we've said a lot about prayer in other sermons, haven't we? Um, I have, um, there's a series on our web, website where we did a, a, a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. So you can go and listen to that as well. So my purpose this morning is simply to establish prayer as a means of grace and to offer one major, and I trust, life-changing application for you. So let's begin. First of all, I want to show you that prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Why do I say that? Well, because scripture says, it says it quite explicitly in James chapter 5 verse 16. If you look at James chapter 5 verse 16, you will hear these words. James says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. Or the NIV says it like this, prayer is powerful and effective. Literally it says prayer is powerful to a great degree being effective. Why do I say prayer is powerful? Well, simply because the Bible says it is. But I want to offer you more than a proof text this morning. I want to give you a picture a vision of the power of prayer and I want I want to deal with a couple of qualifying questions you may have about prayers effectiveness the reason I want to start with the picture is because I believe in the power of imagination if you can visualize in your mind the power of prayer I think you can you may be motivated in your heart to make the appropriate use of prayer in your life the, the, the vision of prayers power comes from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation was written to believers who were being persecuted. John wanted them to know they would be vindicated at the end of the day. Those who opposed Christians would be judged and believers would be delivered. In response to their persecution, the saints in, in, in Revelation prayed to God in chapter 6 verse 10. Listen to what they say in Revelation chapter 6 verse 10. This is John writing and he is documenting um, the visions that he sees of what is happening in heaven. Verse, uh, chapter 6 verse 10, the saints are crying. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who, will dwell, who dwell on earth? This is their prayer. Eugene Peterson comments on this verse. He says this, he says, while conflicts raged between good and evil, prayers went up from devout bands of first century Christians all over the Roman Empire. Massive engines of persecution and scorn raged against them. They had neither weapons nor votes. They had little money, no prestige. Why didn't they have a mental breakdown? Why didn't they cut and run? He says, they prayed. They prayed. But what happened to their prayers? What happened to their prayers? Were they answered? Or did they fall on deaf ears? One author said, 
if their experience was anything like mine can be, they may feel like their prayers are barely making it to the ceiling or dribbling out and rustling across the floor like dry leaves. Prayer sometimes seems so ineffective. What happened to the prayers of these saints in Revelation chapter 6? We are told in chapter 8 verse 1 of Revelation, when the lamp opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about an hour. Someone said that this, this is evidence that men arrived first in heaven. There was silence for about an hour, after half an hour. Peterson also comments on this verse. He says, we live in a noisy world. We are yelled at, promoted, called. Everyone has an urgent message for us. We are summoned with noise, telephone, radio, stereo, and I would add as well, smartphones and podcasts. Messages are amplified deafingly. The, the world is a mob in which everyone is talking at once and no one is able or willing to listen. God listens. Not only does he speak to us in his word, he listens to us when we pray. They silence in heaven for about an hour. God listens. Everything we say, every groan, every stammering attempt at prayer, all this is listened to. All heaven quiets down. But what happens when God hears our prayers? That's what I want to focus on, our attention on now. Visualize this scene in the throne room of heaven, described in verses 3 to verse 5. This is what it says. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar, uh, altar and threw it on the earth. And there were pearls of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Do you see this? When we pray, sometimes it seems like God is sleeping, but he's not. Our prayers do not simply go to heaven to, to be put in the glorious file cabinet, never to be seen again. They are mixed with the fire of the Holy Spirit and return to earth in power. When our prayers land on earth, there is a great impact. It's like an atomic bomb. These prayers go up in humility without any much fanfare. Then they return with great force. They are like reversed thunder. The, the poet George Herbert says it is our prayers to God when they are answered are like reversed thunder. Tim Keller explains what habit means by this. He says, thunder is an expression of the awesome power of God. But prayer somehow harnesses that power so that our petitions are not heard in heaven as whispers, but as crack, boom, and roar. Prayer changes things. 
prayer changes things. This vision blows my mind. The, the, the picture of a persecuted church praying for vindication doesn't blow my mind. It, it's the way John pulls back the curtain to show us what happens in the throne room of heaven when we pray. Reversed thunder. All, all of the things in heaven, all of the things in, in God's plan and purpose, God even uses our prayer to bring his judgment in the world. And that's mind-blowing, isn't it? How much more could he use our prayers to provide transformation in our lives? This vision is designed to convince Christians of the power, the potencies of prayer. Are you, are you convinced? See, God uses our prayer for his action. So many people think they are too busy to pray. Right? That's one of the reasons we give for not praying too busy with the practical things of life. But Peterson says, prayer is the most practical thing anyone can do. It is not a mystical escape. It is a historical engagement. Prayer participates in God's action. And I pray this vision motivates you to pray. But with this powerful picture in our mind, I'm sure there are a number of, of questions that come to your mind. In this type of, uh, is this type of power available for anyone who prays? And will any kind of prayer be answered with this power? In other words, whose prayers are powerful and what prayers are powerful? There are many answers that are given for, for these questions, but I will attempt to answer them briefly um, before we move on to the practical application. First of all, whose prayer is answered? Whose prayer is answered? We, 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 get, to, we get help answering this question from, John, from James chapter 5, verse 16. The passage we began with, remember? Remember what it said. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Not all people's prayers are powerful and effective. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. The righteous person spoken here is not the super spiritual person. We usually get that wrong. We think this is a super saint, right? A super spiritual person. It is simply referring to the believer here. That the person who's been made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ, the person whose sins have been forgiven through faith in the gospel, Jesus is speaking about this. James is making this clear. Jesus hears the prayers of a person whose sins are forgiven, a person who's trusting in him. You're not talking about some super spiritual man of God, right? Prayer is a powerful weapon in the hands of even the humblest believer. It does not require a super saint to wield the effective power of prayer. Prayer is not powerful for, for just anybody. Again, I'm still saying that. It's only powerful for believers. But it's powerful for any believer. That we must make clear. 
let me let me also do this. I, I hope I'm not digressing on this. God does not hear my prayers more than He hears your prayer, right? I don't have as a pastor some special. Yes, I I I I I, I should pray for you, right? Yes, you should tell me to pray for you, but you must realize that I'm I I don't have the super saint power in me that makes God open His ears more than He will to your prayers. In the sight of God, we are all on uh, under the, the the cross, right? Uh, we are all at the feet of the cross. We are all saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is on all of us, as John says. God did not call me to become some big man of God. Right? You must also realize that God hears your prayers. Isn't it amazing? I don't know the current statistics. That the world is, has about 7 billion people. If we were all 7 billion people in the world were to pray at the same time, and you were also praying, God would listen to you as if you were the only one praying. Isn't it amazing? Our God who knows all things who hears all things, who knows the deepest parts of our hearts, things that we also don't understand ourselves, things that we don't have the vocabulary to express, God knows. And we can take it to Him. We can take it to Him. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 47. The fact that God hears our prayers, every Christian, God hears our prayers. He says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Listen to this. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Oh, man. Isn't this amazing? That the spirit of his son resides in us. And, and, and we can cry out to God confidently, not because we deserve it, but because Christ has, has made us fit to go in the presence of God. It is not ourselves who make ourselves fit, but we are fit because of what Christ has done, and we can cry out our Father to Him. But let me say this, listen to me clearly. You can't pray our Father who art in heaven unless you're a child of God. In our sin, we are not children of God. We are sons of disobedience, children of wrath. But if we are in Christ, we are adopted into the family of God. And we have access to the Father by the blood of Christ. It is the blood of Christ that pleads for us in the presence of God. And so as God's children, we can now boldly approach the throne of grace and access God's power in prayer. 
prayer is powerful for all who believe in Jesus. If you're not, if you have not yet placed your faith in Jesus, you can become a child of God today. You, you, can, you can put your faith in him today. He will not turn you away. Jesus died for your sins. If you believe that and surrender to him, then you'll no longer be a slave to sin, but a child of God with access to his throne of grace in prayer. When we neglect prayer, we forfeit so much. We bear needless grief when we neglect prayer. Now the second, to the second question. What kind of prayer is powerful? Right, we saw which, whose prayer does God answer? Now what kind of prayer is powerful? Many years ago, I was part of a church and uh, there was this new thing that came. They say these are dangerous prayers. And we would spend three days without eating. <laughs> I tell my wife this. Uh, fasting is, is, is okay. It's, it's, it's something that we must do as Christians. But we would spend three days without eating and drinking water. Now, it's th three days. And we would pray these prayers called dangerous prayers and these dangerous prayers don't even mention God and it's you wielding this power and saying calling things to die and, 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 and telling things go back to sender and so on and so forth and, and, and just I, I can just imagine spending those three days sleepless nights doing that and how useless that is how vain it is. Is any prayer powerful and effective? Well, this question is answered clearly in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Listen to what John says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. He says, And this is the confidence we have toward him. This is the confidence we have towards God. That we, if we ask anything... Listen to this. According to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. God uses prayer that is according to his will and his powerful ways to accomplish his purposes. So many people are frustrated or discouraged when their prayers go unanswered. But unanswered prayers are prayers that oftentimes are not in line with God's will. If we have that perspective, we shouldn't be frustrated or discouraged. We should be thankful. For example, listen to uh, Paul, Paul who was praying. He prayed three times. And, and for all those three times, he did not receive the answer for his prayer. His prayer was not in line with the will of God. He kept praying, God remove this thorn in my flesh. And, and, and the, the answer from Jesus Christ was just my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And so that 
caused Paul to look at his life differently and pray differently. If we have that perspective, we shouldn't be frustrated or discouraged. We should be thankful. Often our prayers are like the ones described in James chapter 4, verse 2 to, five, two, 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 4. He says, James, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly and spend it on your passions. You adulterous people. Do you, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? In other words, brothers and sisters, we shouldn't expect God to answer prayers that are designed to fuel our worldly lust and fleshly passions. We don't want to receive things from the Lord which will further put a wedge between us and God. We want to ask for things that will further God's purposes in our lives, not hinder them. And we shouldn't expect God to answer prayers that aren't in line with his will. That wouldn't be good for us. That wouldn't be uh, to the glory of God at the end of the day. Instead, we, we need to pray like Jesus when he said, Not my will, but yours be done. No, we need to pray like Mary, the mother of Jesus, who said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your will. Or we need to emulate the words of our Lord when he teaches us to pray, that we should pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done. We should be concerned more about the will of God. So prayer is powerful. It is God's means of getting God's work done in the life of God's people, God's way. But how do we pray according to God's will so that we can pray in power? That's the question I want to turn to now. I want to give one main application for how we can pray according to God's will. I want to suggest that we pray the Bible. Pray the Bible. You see, praying the Bible has been the most transformational practice in my prayer life. Along with learning how to pray the prayers of the great saints throughout church history. One of the, 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 the books that have been helpful to me is called the, um, it's, it's the Puritan Prayers. It's Puritan Prayers, The Value of Vision. And I trust it will be transformative for your life as well as you pray. As you pray the Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. Praying the Bible isn't the only faithful response to praying in God's will. Right? But I want to focus on it because I think it's unfamiliar to most Christians. So I'm not knocking on other forms of prayer as long as they are in line with the will of God. I'm simply highlighting this form of prayer. James Boyce said learning to pray the Bible is a little like learning to play the violin with the virtuosos. No instrument, he says, sounds worse in the beginning stages of learning. It's all screech and scratch. So what should, should a student do if he wants to play well? He needs to listen to the best classical music then he needs to buy the score of each violin concerto and do his best to play along with the orchestra as he listens. At first, he sounds terrible. 
As time passes, however, he begins little by little to sound more and more like the orchestra. But as long as he groans on his instruments, the orchestra plays the music beautifully. His poor performance is caught up and completed in the music of the masters. So it is with us in prayer. By praying the Bible back to God, we learn to pray to play to pray in tune with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm learning to pray in harmony with the Bible, but it takes time. I would like to encourage you to learn to to pray um, by praying the Bible as well. Let God's word shape and form your prayers. Many Christians feel defeated in their prayer life. To pray even five to seven minutes seems like forever. And their minds wander endlessly. Don Whitney says that many Christians are in a rut. They pray the same old things in the same old ways. And when you pray the same old things in the same old ways, what becomes of prayer? It becomes boring, right? It starts to become boring. And many conclude, listen to this carefully, Many conclude when this happens that the problem is them. They are not spiritual enough. They must be second-rate Christians. But the problem isn't likely with you. The problem, most of the time, is with your method. It is not you. It is mostly your method. Most people feel stuck in their prayers and if this problem is a universal problem then the solution must be wide enough to fit all Christians not just those with high IQs or those who like to spend hours by themselves and the solution has to be something found in the Bible not some new newfangled technique right Don Whitney says that the solution is to pray a passage of scripture especially a psalm that's what Jesus did isn't he isn't it? And if we are to be disciples, we do the same. At the end of his life, remember in, in Matthew chapter um, 27, verse 46, this is what we are told as he hung, dying on the cross, Jesus went to the scriptures for his prayers, more specifically the Psalms, and prayed, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a quotation of Psalm 22, verse 1. And in, in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, he prays, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. This comes from Psalm 31, verse 5. At the point of his greatest anguish and, extreme, and extremity, Jesus turned to the Bible for his prayers. Charles Spurgeon, that wonderful preacher of old, once said this. He says, Jesus, the grand original thinker, saw no need to be original or extemporaneous how instructive is this truth that the incarnate word lived on the inspired word it was food for him as it is for us the one the word who took on flesh lived on the word of God how much more we how much more we Jesus to spend time quoting the scriptures, telling the Pharisees, have you not read? Quoting the scripture to Satan, it is written, it is written, it is written. How much more we? 
use the Psalms. Use the Psalms. The, the Psalms are the prayer book of the Bible. All scripture can be prayed. But the Psalms is a book of the Bible that only contains prayers. It is just prayers. 150 prayers. It makes sense that we would become very familiar with those prayers. Other prayers in the Bible, like, like Paul's prayers, for example, are a great resource. But the church has placed the Psalms at the center of their worship and prayer for over 2,000 years. We should do the same. We should do the same. I recommend getting a plan to work through the Psalms systematically. Read through the Psalms. Pray the Psalms. Read them out loud. You, you can do a psalm a day or use some other plan. Simply immerse yourself in the psalms one way or the other. In other words, as I said last week with, with studying a, a Bible plan, start now. Right? Don't wait for the perfect time, for the perfect setting, right? Start now. Secondly, you can use the ACT acronym to pray through a psalm. Right? ACT, A-C-T-S, Adoration A, Confession C, Thanksgiving T, and Supplication S. Start by reading the passage in front of you. Read the Bible. After you get a sense of, of its meaning, ask yourself what you learn about God that is worthy of your adoration or praise. A, right? Then ask what you can learn about yourself that leads you to confess specific sins. C. Then thank God for the forgiveness you, you you have in Christ T and look for other themes in in, 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 the, in, in in the passage that are worthy of your thanksgiving as you are giving thanksgiving and finally identify things in the passage that you need to ask God to pray for uh, and to provide for you often that is that will be a prayer of supplication S for growth in godliness and for Christ likeness Fourthly, um, thirdly, paraphrase a passage and make it your own. Read the Bible and as you see the prayers, paraphrase them and personalize them. This works well, especially with the Psalms or Paul's prayers. This is similar to the, to the springboard approach. It, it, it is slightly different when you use it as a springboard. It simply involves taking the very words of scripture and putting them in your own words that apply to your life today or to the lives of those you are praying for. I'm convinced that if you will use these methods of giving, of, of praying scripture, then you will not be bored. You won't say the same old things the same old way. Sometimes when we are praying extemporaneously, that is unprepared, it will seem like we've been, we've never, we, we've been praying forever, when we've only been praying for a few minutes. When I'm praying scripture, time flies. And, and there's more depth to my prayers, I realize, when I'm praying scripture. Praying scripture is also the best way I know to pray according to God's will. And if we pray, if we want our prayers to be powerful before God, we need to pray according to God's will. And let me say this before I conclude with, with the power of prayer. The, the power of prayer, I'm not talking about twisting God's hand, right? When I say power is, uh, 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 
uh, prayer is powerful. I'm not talking about the fact that we are sitting on the negotiating table with God and then God says something and then we don't like it and we use the power of prayer and then we twist his head. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about aligning ourselves with God's purposes and God's will. Right? That, that's where power is, uh, prayer is powerful and effective. Because we're praying according to God's will. We, we desire nothing but the will of God to be done in our lives. The word of God does the work. We saw that last week. And prayer is powerful when Christians pray in the will of God. As believers who are seeking to make and, uh, and become disciples of Jesus Christ, to glorify God, we need to avail ourselves to God's means of grace. We need to read and hear the word. We need to pray. And that prayer will be especially powerful when it's according to God's will, found in his powerful word. God has a plan for our growth. He has not left us to our own devices. He has not left us to figure our way out. God has a plan for your growth. Submit to it. Receive it with humility. Receive it with joy. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. As, as we think about the subject of prayer, Lord, we realize how our prayers are oftentimes weak. Our prayers seem like they don't even hit the ceiling. But we thank you for your Holy Spirit who prays for us, who intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. We thank you that our prayers come to you, O oh God, as weak as they are. And you hear us and answer us from heaven. We thank you, Lord, that you speak about the subject of prayer. That you desire fellowship with us. May in the same way, may we desire fellowship with you. May we desire to draw near to you daily. To approach the throne of grace because Christ has opened access for us in your presence. We pray that you shape us, O oh Lord, to be a prayerful people. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen.